My wife and I, uh, we moved here how many years ago now, hon? Almost four, right? In June, it'll be four years. And I think um, for the uh, first year I was here, um, I would walk to work every day, even if it was raining or snowing, I walked to work um, so that I could step out of my driveway and turn to the left and stand there for a minute and look at the bear paws. Because um, the, the mountains, I mean, I've never lived in a place with mountains. Um, and it's breathtaking, like just, you know, always would stop and inspire awe in me. And, and I did it, actually when we interviewed here, I sat in the, uh, uh, the bitch's living room and they have a big picture window that looks out over, the, over their pasture and they got a big, a big hill on the other side. And, and I was talking to Jess and I said, man, just for this view, it's worth moving here. Um, and, and it's, I mean, have you all ever had that where you see something and it just takes your breath away and it leaves you speechless? Um, leaving me speechless is uncommon, um, but the first <laughs> but the first year it happened every day. Um, Abby and I went camping two summers ago, and we went out at two in the morning and looked at the stars in the sky over the over the mountains. And and she just you know, wow was the word she said. She kept saying it, nothing else. And for her to be speechless is quite an accomplishment. Um, we're here. It's Easter morning. We're celebrating the resurrection. And um, I, I think if there's going to be a theme for the morning, like I got two messages written, the theme for the morning is, man, this is something to be in awe about, right? This is something to be inspired by. This is something that is life-changing. Um, it is something that, that, honestly, it shouldn't even just be Easter. It should be every morning we wake up and we realize that, that you know, everything that happened before today is, is fixed. Every screw-up, every mistake, that the creator of the universe loved you enough to send his only son to die for you. And then he brought him back to, to reassure you um, that the grave is not the end. Man, that's good, isn't it? That's, I think, maybe we say he is risen. But we should say it with some energy because it's worth saying with energy, right? He is risen. Um, as we're diving into our text today, we're going to be looking at... Uh, Matthew uh, 28, we're going to be looking at the first announcement of the resurrection, and I want to kind of cover, for those of y'all who maybe have never heard this story, it's always important to, to address it. Like Jesus, on Thursday of the, of the week he was crucified, um, had his last supper with his disciples. He went out to the garden to pray. Um, he was betrayed by one of his 12 closest friends, um, a man who he had washed his feet earlier in the day, like humbled himself to to serve this man who would betray him, and, and he went willingly, right? He went willingly, like, like arrested willingly, tortured willingly, tried illegally, and he did it willingly, um, nailed to a piece of wood willingly, um, breathed his last breath, um, took all of God's wrath for our sin on himself, just all of it for people who, who are born rebelling against him. Right? Willingly. Because God loves you that much. His disciples, on the other hand, ran away, right? Like the soldiers showed up and Peter like put up a fight. He picked up a sword and attacked, managed to cut a guy's ear off. And Jesus like throws him for a loop by putting the ear back on, healing the guy and saying, hey, I'm not here to die in a rebellion. And Jesus drops it, or Peter drops his sword and runs away. Later in the evening, he cusses out a little girl saying, I don't know that guy. 
that toughness only goes so far, I suppose. Um, the rest of his disciples hid. And they were, you know, Jesus was crucified. John watched it, and he went home. But the rest of the disciples, they hid. And they, they kept their heads down, and they hoped that the, the authorities wouldn't come from them, come for them, right? The only people who were brave enough in the end, so Jesus is taken down from the cross. He's quickly embalmed because this is like the holiest week of the Jewish year. And, like, we got to get him in the ground quick, right, because we don't want to have to bury him on the holy day. So they, they bury him quickly, throw 100 pounds of spices on him instead of, like, properly embalming him. Um, and they, they, you know, head off. Three days later, the only folks who are brave enough to, to attend to him again are the women. Um, and they go to the tomb, which I think there's a huge significance to this, right? Now watch this. Jesus has died for our sins, right? Um, they put him in the ground, um, and his body is gone on Sunday morning. His, the grave is empty. He's gone. If it had been the men who went, the women would have said, well, you just didn't look hard enough. Um, but <laughs> come on, that was <laughs> – but <laughs> – but the, the, the women, they go to the tomb to, to um, properly embalm his body. Now, this is a, a step of faith on his own, right? Because they could, be, they could be arrested. Bad things could happen, right? Women going unaccompanied in first century, like, is a dangerous thing. It's dark out because the sun hasn't risen yet. Um, there's another part of this that's huge. Um, these women going out, um, in Jewish culture, they weren't allowed to testify. Right. So if a woman witnessed a murder, even if she was standing there and saw it happen, her testimony was not considered worthy. Right. Like they were they were not legally binding. Women had no legal standing to testify to something they saw. So um, the fact that the gospel starts with this says a lot. Right. Um, if you were going to make up a story in the first century, you wouldn't make it up with women. Right. Because a first century Jew would read it and they'd be like, yeah, right. God wouldn't appear to a woman. Of course, he'd appear to me. Um, but they'd be wrong. Um, we start out in Matthew. Now, after the Sabbath, Saturday would have been the Sabbath, right? So then Sunday, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, so that's still dark out, um, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Now, if you read the other Gospels, um, it's actually a larger crowd of women. For whatever reason, Mary, Matthew doesn't mention all of them. He just mentions the two, right? Um, so these two gals go out there, and um, um, their hope is to, is to treat the body, to, like, embalm it properly. Um, their hope is that the soldiers will help them, which is a pretty big hope because there's a boulder in front of the tomb, right? And it is a boulder that will not be easily moved. Um, and to take it a step beyond that, there's a Roman seal on it. It's a piece of rope covered in wax, and they put the wax on there, and they stamp the seal on either side. And that Roman seal... It was illegal for, like, anyone to break it. So, like, if these women came along and they cut that rope, that would be a death penalty offense. They didn't mess around. And so, like, asking the soldiers, hey, can you open the tomb? They weren't getting in, right? But their hope was to attend to his body because they loved him. Um, my slides are slightly out of order, so I'm going to have to jump ahead, um, and then we'll go back to the other one. Um, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Um, the women, just before they arrive, 
an earthquake happens, right? Now, there was an earthquake a couple days before during the crucifixion. This is like an aftershock. Um, it's very common in the Bible. You'll see where earthquakes accompany, like, God doing big things. And in this case, it's the big thing of the resurrection. Um, it's the big thing of that moment of, like, like Jesus being resurrected, rising from the dead and stepping back into the creation. Let me know when I have my slides back. Um, thank you. Um, and it's actually still one more. But, uh, but the angel said to the women, now the, the soldiers, brave soldiers that they were, they see a giant angel there. And their response is to fall down and hide, right? <laughs> they did like my kids do sometimes when they're get, they get caught doing something wrong. Um, you know, Titus will cover his ears. I can't hear you yelling at me. Um, you know, or, or they'll stand very still with the candy they're not supposed to be eating and sort of hope you don't notice if they don't move. Um, these soldiers, they drop to the ground and they're horrified. They're terrified. And this is actually a big deal because for a soldier... Um, to not fulfill his duty, right? These guys are in trouble. And actually, like, odds on, they probably had to take off and, like, like become very scarce shortly thereafter because for them not to have protected the tomb properly was a problem. They were, they were in trouble from this point forward. But the angel said to the women, it says that they arrived, the angel is sitting on the rolled away stone, right? Um, you know, hey, the job is done kind of thing. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples, for, the, for he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Um, now, there's a couple things at play in here. First off, um, the angel says, hey, don't be afraid, Right? Um, and actually, like, this could almost become the theme song for the church, whereas the disciples beforehand um, literally just ran away when the soldiers showed up. In fact, actually, one of them, probably Mark, but that's a pretty wild guess by Bible scholars, right? Like, when he went to run, one of the guards grabbed him and pulled his clothes off, right? He was wearing a cloak, and he ran away in his underwear. If you get beat up by a bully and you go home in your underwear, you are not tough. Everybody got that? Um, these men were not courageous, um, but um, after seeing the risen Lord, they're all changed, right? From this day forward, they are courageous. We see men who before cowered and then preached boldly. We see men who were um, literally changed. They had steady nerves. They faced death without fear. They faced torture without fear. In fact, like um, we see in, in uh, the book of Acts, Peter um, is arrested for preaching about Jesus about, you know, six weeks after the, the, the resurrection. He's arrested, and they whip him, and he leaves, and he's like, this is fantastic, right? You know, they got him on trial. He says, well, do we obey you or do we obey God? What do you think? You know, he basically tells him, hey, you're going to torture me, but I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what God tells me. You can't stop me. Um, these are men who were courageous to the end. The Apostle Paul, when he was arrested, um, having been a man who persecuted and killed Christians before, right? Um, the Apostle Paul, they, at one point in time, they were going to execute him, and they said, well, hey, we're going to, you know, he's in prison, we're going to torture you. He says, great, torture me. I can experience what Jesus went through. Let's do this. He says, well, fine, then we'll kill you. He's like, great, I'll go be with Jesus. Let's do this. Well, what do you do with that guy, right? There's no fear. Um, he was changed completely. Um, it, it, it made him a new man. 
And it, it is a thing that can happen and should happen to every believer, right? It's a thing that can and should happen to every one of us. When we realize that God sent his son to die for us, that we're forgiven for every rotten thing we do, and we have assurance that forever and ever and ever we will be with him. That's something to be courageous about. That's something to be amazing about. Um, it also gives them awestruck minds. Can you imagine being these women? Um, standing there at the tomb, seeing the angel, seeing the empty you know, tomb, seeing the folded up clothes, like the whole nine yards. Can you imagine? Like that, that's got to be breathtaking, right? I Reading it, I almost imagined um, there was a time Jess and I were, were in Costa Rica. And we hiked through a, uh, a rainforest, and there was this mountain. We're hiking on the side of this mountain. And we came to this spot where there was a waterfall. And the top of the mountain was in the clouds, right? There's a rainforest on top of the mountain and clouds. And you could just see water falling out of the clouds in this waterfall. And I remember standing there, and it actually took my breath away. It was, it was one of the most impressive things. And I, I still, when I think about it, my heart sometimes beats fast because it was so amazing. You know, and I'm guessing that that's a small slice of what they, they experienced, isn't it? Remember the first time I held Abby, I was scared that I'd, I'd break her, and I was scared of raising her, and I was awestruck by this new person I was holding, um, and and maybe a small slice of what they went through, because these women were standing there, and in awe they were witnessing the change of all of history. They were at sort of the 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 break point where everything would be different, where like death no longer has a sting, right? We have hope. We have we have a new life because Jesus died for us. Like this is something that changed them, and we see it. We see these folks. They go out of there. They tell the disciples. The disciples go out. Like they see Jesus, and it changes everything about who they are. Peter is fishing um, when Jesus appears to him. Right? He's fishing. He sees Jesus on the shore. Realizes who he is. Doesn't wait for the boat to go to shore. He jumps in and swims to him because he's so inspired by this. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Um, this great joy, right? Great joy. I remember I've been a Christian for almost 20, I don't know, 20 some odd years. I, I don't even remember now. It's been so long. Um, it's probably 26, 24, is it? That's all? Uh, <laughs> for 24 years, I will never forget the day I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to belong to Jesus. I am, I am yours now. And, and realizing that not only, not only was my sin gone, right? Not only was I assured of eternity, but like, like God loved me that much. And I used to believe nobody loved me, right? But God loved me that much. These are folks who are filled with joy for the rest of their lives. Um, there's a great story in, in Acts where Paul and and um, Barnabas, I believe, are in, in uh, stocks, which is like they're locked in a piece of wood in an uncomfortable position, and they're left there overnight. And, like, the idea was it was like passive torture because you'd lock them in, and they'd have to sit there in a really awkward position. After a while, they'd get, like, tired, and their muscles would start aching, and they'd have cramps, and it was awful. And they're sitting there in this torture device, and what are they doing? They're singing. <laughs> I mean, joy, right? Um, it's why... It's why we, we say it with energy, right? He is risen with energy. 
<laughs> um, because it's worth, it's worth being joyful about. It's worth realizing, man, everything behind me is gone. Um, it's worth singing about. They went on with open mouths. These are folks who, like the women, the disciples, they never shut up about it, right? In fact, you couldn't shut them up about it. Um, I, my wife and I joke when, when our boy wakes up in the morning, you open the door and you can't get him to stop talking. He has something to say about everything, right? You can't even get him to stop talking while he's eating. He just goes, just talking, stop talking. And it's, I mean, the disciples are this way. They went to the ends of the earth preaching the gospel. Um, there were 11 disciples after Judas hanged himself, right? Um, John is the only one who did not die saying, I saw Jesus rise from the dead. That's 11 or 10, right? And then you had Paul in, a man who killed Christians and persecuted them, spent the rest of his life traveling all over the world preaching the gospel, telling people, Jesus raised from the dead and I saw him. Um, these were folks who never closed their mouths. They said it over and over and over again. I sometimes wonder if people get sick of me talking about my wife. I know she's sick of it. I, uh, I, I'm just amazed. Actually, if you ask me over breakfast, I'll tell you how I met her because God put her in my life, there's no doubt. But, like, I'm amazed at how wonderful she is in my life. But even more so, like, I'm amazed at what Jesus did for me. I never shut up about her, and I'll never shut up about Jesus. And anybody who knows him, like, this is the impact it has on you. Um, it fills you up to the point that you can't help but say it, right? Any of y'all ever been so overjoyed that you, that you, it just fell out of you? You sang or cried or laughed for no reason? You said, man, this is fantastic. This is the disciples. After this, they were overjoyed and it poured out of them. It changed who they were. And behold, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. By the way, the word here, greetings, is like, like howdy, right? It's like a cheerful greeting, right? Like it's an upbeat greeting in the, in the Greek. I, I thought that was worth mentioning. I read it, and I thought, well, that's great. But because he, he met them on the way. They're on their way. They've seen the angel. They've seen the empty tomb. They probably dropped their spices and left. You know, oh, my gosh, he's alive again, and they ran into him. Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. They, man, they were just so overjoyed and so awestruck. They fell down, and at his feet they worshipped him. Um, they were changed. They were different. They found something worth worshipping. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee where they will see me. Um, again, right? Go and tell it. Um, I sometimes wish we could say, go tell it, uh, sing, go tell it on a mountain at, at Easter, because, man, it's wonderful to talk about the birth, or birth of Jesus at Christmas, but, man, I really want to tell it on the mountain that Jesus died for us, that Jesus died for you, that he died for me, that every rotten thing he did is gone as far as the east is from the west, um, so far as God removed his sin for you, paid it in full, you are whole and complete. And from that day forward, they lived with hope. Um, these are folks who, they knew the grave was not the end. I, uh, I read a story this morning. It was actually what I was going to open with for this sermon. I decided not to use it and just realized how well it fits here. I was reading about a pastor. His name was Donald Gray Bornhouse, Barnhouse. And he, um, after the death of his wife, he actually preached at her funeral, which I can't imagine doing that. I, I 
I, uh, I can't imagine driving to the, the service with his children and they get stopped at a red light behind a big truck, like an 18-wheeler. And the kids, they're, they're talking to their dad and, and they're asking questions and he's struggling to explain it to them. And finally he says, kids, look at this truck. And they look at the truck and it's early in the morning and the truck is there and the sun is on the side and he's casting this big shadow, right? And he says, kids, if you were going to be hit by a truck, would you rather be hit by the truck or the shadow of the truck? Guys, which would it be? The shadow. Nobody wants to get hit by a truck, right? The shadow of the truck would be much better. And he turns to his kids and he says, guys, mommy isn't with us, but she got hit by the shadow, right? Jesus got hit by the shadow. The cross was our death. The cross is what I deserve. The cross is what you deserve. The cross is the great truck of history paying us back for the rotten stuff we do. And Jesus stands there and he takes it willingly for us because he loves you that much. And he thought about you while you were hanging, while he was hanging there. He thought about everything you'd suffer and struggle. And he thought about every broken thing in your life. And he knew it was for you and he loved you through it. And because of that, when we die, right, and all of us will, bad news. The mortality rate is 100% right now. Very few people get out of it alive. You can exercise and eat healthy and everything else, and you'll die anyway. I know it's hard. <laughs> um, but the truth is the death that hits us is a shadow, right? It's not the real thing. That's why Jesus said, well, they're only asleep. Because the reality is that none of us will ever, like anybody who's in Christ will never really die, right? Because we're resurrected with them the moment that we believe. We're made brand new heart and soul. We're filled with hope. We're given courage. We're given all of this stuff. And to take it a step further, when we eventually pass, it's not the end. Our brothers and our sisters and our parents and our grandparents, every one of them, it was a shadow. Man, that's something worth singing about, isn't it? That's something worth shouting about. Shouting, he is risen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I knew I'd wake you all up. I'm not tired. I'm wide awake, and I wanted to make sure everybody else was. Um, guys, this is fantastic, and I want to challenge you all today, right? This is something that should change you. It should change you from the foundation of who you are all the way to the very top, and every morning when you walk out your door, you should turn and look at the mountains, Right? Not the Montana mountains, because as cool as they are, they're nothing next to the resurrection of our Lord, next to death being gone, next to eternity set before you, next to the love of God poured out for you. Wake up every morning in an awe and enjoy. Look at that mountain and be, be wordless. Or if anything else, say, he is risen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you, thank you for your son. I thank you for hope. I thank you for grace. I thank you for the love that you poured out on the cross. And I thank you for the empty tomb, for the proof that death is not the end, for the new life that we get when we're resurrected in Christ from the day we believe and then one day glorified in eternity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I pray that you'd pour your spirit on the folks who are here and the folks who show up this morning and the folks who are worshiping all over this town, all over this country, and all over this world, and help them just be filled with joy and peace and hope 
because of the risen Lord. Help them to look at the mountain brand new this morning, brand new, and just be less speechless. Amen. Thanks. Join us for breakfast.